Hello, good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. I'm the one called Junior. And today's sponsors are EBXY and a friend of the show, Adam Stone. But here's the thing, is that I lied, all right? Our sponsor today is uh, not Adam Stone, like via, you know, just him playing some sort of sponsor ad that uh, we made from. No, 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 no. Our sponsor is here today. Himself, the man, the myth, the legend, is here, and uh, he's bringing a little bit of an exclusivity with him. Predominantly, how do you say, a new song, perhaps? Uh, which is releasing uh, September 12th, actually. So the day after this episode, I hope you guys are excited for the new song coming out. But yeah, you guys are going to get an exclusive 20 seconds of Adam Stone's new song coming to our second break. So be prepared and uh, stay tuned. Welcome back, Adam. It oh, is thank you excited. very much for having me back. <laughs> yeah, very happy to be here. Unfortunately, missing one member again. Yes, I we... guess that only makes it better every time. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're missing Junior, everybody. So uh, yeah. F's in the chat. Junior is taking care of some family matters. So we will let him do his thing. But hopefully he'll be there next time. But it's okay. The podcast must go on. And uh, at least we have two of its members. And a wonderful guest that I always love bringing back every single time. Our buddy, Adam Stone. How have you been, as first off? I mean, I know it's been since the summer. We've had a couple months in between the last time we had you. Yeah, that's been one of the of the great adventures back in, in Chicago the first time I went to the Amateur Hour because yes. we we were supposed to be recording uh, in the city, and, we, and I ended up taking a, a train uh, <laughs> all the way to the Amateur Hour studio and just... Great. I said they went to school next morning because I slept over at Justin's house. So it's definitely a very good experience for the first time being in the amateur hour. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to hear that, make sure you tune in to episode 12 of uh, season one. But you know what? It's season two. It's episode two. Um, I'm glad to have you. Uh, by the way, we are recording on Discord. So if you guys uh, are experiencing any sort of lag between voices, we do apologize. And if we talk over ourselves again, we do apologize. We're still getting used to uh, this Discord thing. It's fun. It's exciting. But you know what? It's not like having someone sit in front of you. You're being able to see... Uh, all the different hand motions, uh, the eye motions, eye contact. So we're definitely we're getting used to it. But we're excited to have Adam Stone here. And you know what? Uh, it's second episode. Why don't we get into this new song of ours that you actually had created for us? Like, first off, how was that experience for you uh, when creating the uh, the amateur news new new intro song? It's definitely a very, very cool experience because it was the, one of the first times that I've ever done a song for, for a show like this. Most of the times when I do a song for someone else is just because of a, of a, of a homework or something related to school most of the times uh, or nothing too serious. But like this was one of the first things that, that uh, was very serious for me to, to, to produce. And well, first of all, I, I didn't even start off, you know, from 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 scratch because you you sent me like 
a bunch of different references so I could kind of try to emulate something. And it was definitely a lot of fun because I did two versions and, and they were completely different. Uh, I remember the first one that I did, we were very hyped about that one. Uh, because I think it, when I when I produced that one, uh, it didn't took more than one hour. It just happened like that, so that was pretty cool. And then but the tricky part was to do something completely different. I would say it's very useful for in the future because you're giving like a certain amount of time and you're giving like a due date as well. So you have to organize yourself and and to try to you know to create something in that amount of time. And hopefully the people who are asking you for, for the music will like it. And I'm very happy that the Amateur Hour, first of all, chose me. And second of all, that they liked the song as well. So yeah, it was that, pretty cool. That was a fun process of, uh, yeah. I would say, thinking about, um, okay, like we wanted to do something new. We wanted to have a new style. We wanted season two to hit different. We wanted to hit the mm -hmm. people a lot differently and uh to kind of start coming into our own and like stepping in our own footsteps and not having to use any sort of royalty free music um when it came to the uh main song of the podcast itself i was thinking i was like okay well i want it to be unique but i also, I also want it to kind of hit the beats that uh, the first uh, uh song that we used did we definitely very much enjoyed the new song or the old song but we wanted to, like I said, kind of step out of the shadow of the royalty-free music. And I was like, you know, who who better than uh, Adam Stone to help us with this song and get the song along? I mean, to be honest, you're the first person I thought of uh, when wanting to test the song. I was like, okay, well, you know, Adam, you create a lot of your own backtracks. I mean, you have... I mean, every song that you have, I mean, it's done all on your own when it comes to uh, all the instruments that you use. And I know this was kind of a different venture because uh, essentially at first we kind of wanted to make it a bit more ape-it. But at the same token, I really wanted it to have your unique flair to it, which was one of the things that we had talked about in the build-up and everything, which was very exciting uh, putting that together uh, for everyone. And, uh, I mean, I, yeah, right off the, that first song, I, I still won't forget it. I was just like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I yeah. was like, this is, yeah. this is really, this is really cool. But then, you know, we still kind of wanted that ape it a little bit. And so we wanted to try that ape it track and, um, mm. we just wanted to kind of just play around with it and just have fun. I mean, yeah. you created a total of three samples. Uh, so we do have the same intro song that we're using now, but in ape it version. So if anyone ever wants to hear that, uh, we'll probably play it in the future for you guys. And we also actually have a, just a different song entirely uh, that you had made for it. That was actually mm -hmm. used uh, for the promo over on our social media. So if you guys would like to uh, check that out, that's going to be over on our Instagram. Um, as well as our Twitter. Actually, it'll be on our Twitter. We, we had a little promo video with a GIF and the, one of the songs that you had created, which is... Very exciting. I mean, uh, that just goes to show your versatility as an artist. I really love that. I mean, I mean, it was it was a challenge because I've never done an eight bit song, and then trying to blend that with with you know my style, which will be like playing guitar. So I had to be you know get very creative to try to to and, and careful at the same time to to be able to blend those two two elements in a in a very good way. I know it was definitely difficult to kind of. Uh hone in on an idea where 
bit open and like for everyone like as in like uh we didn't want the song sounding too linear for any one sort of group of individuals and we wanted everyone to be like yeah you know what this is such a cool song we didn't want to leave anybody Mm -hmm. out so uh, how did that aspect of it kind of did that drive you nuts a little bit or did you kind of so when you first initially got into creating the song and you said you created even less than 30 minutes like did you just know instantly kind of like putting the beats together? No, I don't, I don't know what I did, actually. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I, I, I felt uh, that's one of the few times when as a composer or as a songwriter, it just happens like that and you're not, you know, overthinking or second guessing. You're just doing it without thinking what you're doing, but you know it sounds good, so you're just being guided by by the music itself, I would say. So I think that's what happened in the first, during the first sample. And uh, so the first one really wasn't a challenge in that way. But for the second one, it was because I had to come up with something completely different. And I was already kind of settling for the first one. So it's kind of difficult to top the first sample. So that's why it took me a little bit longer to, you know, to create the second one. You know, once that I sat down and started uh, recording, everything just went natural. Before we've kind of like talked about a few songs and yeah, I kind of I went through beats that we that you were telling me you'd want to use or like how does this sound and that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and to kind of be back and doing that again definitely felt like stepping into some old boots and they're just comfortable you know everything kind of just fits right it's always it's always definitely nice to kind of see you work and just fit all that stuff together i mean i definitely uh, feel and and hope everyone checks you out cuz you're very talented so I, I did want to plug in real quick. Uh, if you do want to hear any of Adam Stone's music, uh, go over to his Spotify, Adam Stone, and as well as his YouTube channel. Uh, you guys can check him out over there. He's got all the new glorious, lovely songs. I mean, since we've last talked, speaking of which, you had Every Day first release. was with the first time we brought you in, and we got to play a few seconds of that song. Yeah. But uh, since then, you've had two other songs. I mean, mind telling us the, about those songs? I mean, you've had Bright and I believe Puzzle Piece, correct? Or Puzzle Piece? More than Friends as well. And more than Friends as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you've been busy. <laughs> so, I mean, tell 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 us about the. Uh, have you were you excited releasing these uh, these kind of new songs in a way? Yeah, because those songs I remember I wrote them back in like 2017 or 2018. So it's been a while that I've been carrying those those songs with me and playing them as well. So I, I really felt like it was about time to to share them. And uh, I think the first one that I that I released, Modern Friends, but back in 2017, it was like more of like a homemade studio version of it. And that was back when when like the everyday bright puzzle piece vibe wasn't there. So once I I started writing more music. I felt like those were the ones that, at least at that time, kind of I felt like I identify with the most musically and lyrically. So yeah, it's definitely been like two years or something with those songs and really wanting them to share them. So it feels great to, you know, to be able to start sharing them every, because I've released, I think like all of them have been between like every two months or something, three months. So it's great to be, you know, releasing in a like very constantly as well, especially since it comes from a very long time with those songs. I feel it was about time to to share them. 
I remember, I mean, hearing some of these songs, uh, the originals, essentially, right? Yeah, and, yeah I remember as well. Um, how does it feel kind of <laughs> stepping into, so you're going from recording it yourself in your room mm-hmm. and to now, you know, and I, it was, I believe you said you were recording it in the closet <laughs> and like sort oh, of Oh, yeah, making... <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a good thing because there's a lot of, when you have a lot of clothes and a lot of jackets and things like that, <laughs> it kind of makes the sound a little more... You know, it's not better yeah. quality when it comes to vocal recording. I mean, how does it feel like from going from a closet to kind of recording these songs back in the studio? I mean, hearing the originals, I mean, I loved them. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, hearing Every Day for the first time uh, originally. I mean, that was one of the songs that actually got me interested in working with you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hearing Every Day and then kind of the hearing how you're like oh yeah i recorded this you know like in my closet or whatever like this is everything i put together and just the original track to it was like wow that's like really good and i i love mm-hmm. the bass like the original track and then yeah. stepping into the studio and kind of making it more uniquely i guess you in a way and having uh, a little bit more tools at your disposal and uh when it comes to like recording equipment and other stuff like so how did that essentially that feel to originally create it in the closet of your room (laughs) Mm -hmm. to then stepping into a studio and having that sort of power essentially (laughs) yeah i think more than like the the space where i was recording i I, at first i didn't want to go to to studio but because i i I was very scared of, of of you know producers telling me to change the song but I've never been into one before, so uh, we we were very careful choosing where to go. So I remember going uh, a couple of weeks before uh, recording the song with my with my father to uh, kind of get to know the people who work there, and that way make a final decision if I thought there were going to be a, a good option to to record the the song, and more as i said like more than the the space in my closet in my room i felt it was having someone there where who i could ask for for an opinion about the song or like if i wanted to change something have their opinion and and be honest about it and also like being open to to make changes if it was necessary as well so definitely from from being in my room by myself to being in a studio with with other people who have opinions to make your music better was definitely something that had a lot of impact during the recording of of all of the singles, I would say. So having these other opinions, were you at first uh, a little bit apprehensive? Because I know, like, especially I I can fall into this a little bit sometimes. It's like uh, Mm -hmm. having someone kind of uh, chime in and say, like, oh, you could do this better. I mean, sometimes at first you're just, like, a little bit apprehensive to taking the advice. Um, Yeah. But was that at all what you felt or did you feel a little bit more? No, actually, I think I felt that before I went that that was my my only fear, but I've never experienced something like that because I felt we made the right decision to go with those people to to record. So I was very open about what they had to say, and and they were very clear as well. Like you, like I had the the yes or no at the end if I wanted to make the change or or to leave it like that, but 
I've never felt like I had to change something. And and since there are people who who have worked with uh, other artists and have a lot of experience with that, I've also felt like maybe I should, you know, be open about it because they know a little bit more than yeah. what I know, you know. That's really cool to hear because I, I think it's one thing that, I mean, I can imagine being an artist and... I critique, like I said, must be such a big thing, especially kind of going in and thinking or just feeling like you're, you're, you you have your own, um, let's say your own vibe, your own feel to your overall music. And then having someone kind of try and chime in and, and maybe help you essentially discover what your own sound is. I mean, it could, I think it could be very scary because some people don't want to sound, for example, like others. And what do you feel like makes Adam Stone have his unique flair? That's a good question. Well, I feel I've had many influences from from a lot of artists, but compared to the beginning, I've when I discover a new artist, I feel I have inspiration directly from them, and just them no one else so it i feel i just kind of take the best from them and then i move on to to something else something new and i get the best of them so at the end it's just going to be a combination of all of those things i feel so for example it started out being very mysterious with the ghost and and the and the music vibe as well but lately i've been listening to a little a little bit more heavy stuff. I think since since we met back in yes. uh, October, October, <laughs> November, I remember I told you like I was trying to to change the sound a little bit to a little bit more heavy, but still trying to make a a smooth change into not like from Modern Friends to like having this metal track. I didn't want to do that necessarily. Yes, kind of wanted to to keep on having the like the bright vibe which is like a little bit of rapping and yeah. and maybe but make it a little bit more heavy perhaps with with the guitar and things like that so i feel i've been inspired by well musically at least from 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 different artists uh throughout uh several periods in time because it's not like i'm always looking for for new for new influences because when, when I discover one artist, I just stick with them and try to just study them as much as I can and then just move on to the next one. So that actually brings up something pretty interesting I wanted to talk about. Um, me and Justin were talking about a little bit yesterday, and he said that you don't necessarily like to be compared to another mm -hmm. artist, but listening to your newest song... And we're we're talking like maybe a minute and 30 seconds in. I'm having this thought in the back of my head. And it's pretty good being that you're on how many songs have you produced? Four or five, I think, are on the YouTube channel. Yeah. So the first thing that I was thinking about is and I'm and I'm gonna say it, Justin, um, is twenty-one pilots. So and the reason I'm saying that is when I was listening to your music style, there was like I was getting kind of a strong vibe from there. But then I was also saying to Justin at the same time to be somebody that is so new and somebody who our audience may or may not know, it is one person performing everything and putting everything together. 
So you got to think about that too. But when you hear a person that's so new and has what most people would think are very few songs so far, but to put them on the same level as someone like 21 Pilots, that is, I say, a pretty good thing to think about because, like I said, 21 Pilots, they are, I would say, well-established. A lot of people know about them. They're really good. And then I hear your song, and it sounds and feels like it's on that level. So for you to be someone that's so new, and I don't know if I'm the only person that's ever said anything, but for me to say that your music is on a level that I would say is way beyond you right now, meaning that you'd be a really good artist, even though you're so new. What, what, do you, what, what would you say about something like that? Because like I said, 21 Pilots, they're up there. They're established. They're a good mm-hmm. band. You are, I mean, you're on their level. So what kind of what kind of feedback would you give someone from saying something like that? How does that make you feel or how does that make you appreciate what you're doing being that like you are on that level? Yeah, well, of course it means everything for someone to say something like, something like that. But at the same time, uh, you know, watching them play and listening to their music, not only them, but, you know, any other artists that you respect a lot and you put you know, on a pedestal and that you really admire. It's kind of hard to believe sometimes to to be like them just because we always think that they're the best and that they're very talented. So to be compared with them uh, sometimes feels like very good to be true, you know. It feels like being here in my room and recording and and and, and like you said, starting out and being a new artist definitely feels like uh, I would say I would tell my tell myself like I'm not at that level just because I haven't achieved as much as, as they have achieved. On the other side, it's also a very good compliment, and that makes me want to, you know, continue creating music and and kind of uh, wanting to, you know, to get where they where they they have been and, yeah, and sure. try to achieve the things that they have achieved as well. And, and like you said, uh, I feel most of those songs are very inspired by 21 Pilots as well, because in 28, during 2018, in the beginning of 2019, that was like the only artist that I was listening to. And that's why it reflects a lot of the music that I was producing at the time. Definitely the, the next songs will have uh, a little different vibe to it because I've been listening to to different music right now but i mean back to the point just thinking about 21 pilots and everything they've achieved uh or any other artist and you're compared to them just feels like so surreal because from from a perspective of an artist you when you get inspired by someone you just think they are um you know one of the best things because I mean that's what makes you want to create music in the first place so it's like it's like comparing like a singer to Michael Jackson or something like that or like to Queen or like there's just very big names right and and I feel just you know admiring admiring so much and 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 listening to people you know say that they are the best and things like that and then to be compared to them just feels like you know I don't think I'm actually that good but that's another thing like a lot of people a lot of artists tend to 
to say about say that those things about themselves like they're not that good but and and maybe they're gonna still think that about themselves but needs they need someone like uh like you or like other people who are just listeners to tell them like they're actually good at the level of, of a certain artist so right so yeah. rewinding a little bit um i 21 pilots justin they are two or three people how, how two. many people two yeah, people two the drummer so, and uh the main singer my next question here because you're one person mm-hmm. and you basically do it all you make the lyrics you make the instrumentals you play the instruments and then at the very end you put everything all together to make the finished product mm-hmm. so 21 pilots i mean of course they may be doing the same thing they got a lot more resources but what i'm trying to get at is like the process because since you're one person you have to think about the kind the vibe you want the song to have the kind of instrumental you know um, what kind of genre, and then you yeah. have to put together the lyrics and what kind of emotions or whatever might be in that song. So, what kind of process do you go through? Like, what do you do first? You know, is it like you you're thinking about something else? You might scratch down some lyrics and then you might jump into some instrumental for it, or do you like sit there and play with a guitar for a little bit and something starts popping in your head? Like, what do you do? to create one of your songs yeah well i think it comes in many many ways uh if i'm not playing i'm i'm writing uh something it doesn't matter where where i am most of the lyrics that i have are on my cell phone and i i try to you know every time i'll go for every time i'm driving or every time i go to to a place i try to uh, look at my surroundings and try to get some inspiration as far as the as the lyrics mm-hmm. and for for uh instrumental like uh guitar which is mainly where where everything starts more than any other instrument since it's the main instrument that i play most of the things come out of the guitar and most of the times i feel like i always start with the with the music just because i i think that doesn't mean that the lyrics are not as as important as as the music, which right. I mean, but the music actually, may give you like a direction to flow in, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you start playing something heavier, then you might look at your phone and like, okay, these lyrics are gonna fit what I just yeah played. yeah like- actually yeah, and that happened that happened as well with with puzzle piece actually because at the beginning, uh, I had like some lines for for the puzzle piece. I think was half of the chorus or something like that. And then I was just uh, remember recording these chords and these melodies, and I just started singing, and I just started scrolling through all the lyrics that I had before, and I kind of sometimes I recycle some of the lyrics just because they're very good, but maybe they were placed in a song that wasn't that good as the one that I'm writing right now. Right. So I go back to those lyrics and try to put them and see if they fit as well, or it happens the other way around. If I have some lyrics and I had a chord progression or a chord li- or a guitar lick or something that I feel works very good for that and it was maybe used in something that maybe wasn't that good as the things that I'm writing right now. I just go back and I put them again. And and I always do that because I feel they're very good 
and I feel sad for those licks. Like, oh, they deserve better. Maybe those <laughs> courts deserve better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, are you when you say you record everything on your phone? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're taking a trip to the store or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is it like you just pop open your notes app and type in some lyrics, or do you like put your headphones in and record like sing yeah. randomly? Uh, like, what do you do as far as that goes? Yeah, well, it depends of the place, of course. Like, for example, most of well, this past five months have haven't been in a public place, so it's a good thing. I've only I've only been in my uh, at my grandma's house, and there's a guitar there, so you know I can I can use it if I have an idea. But if if it was a normal time and I was, uh, you know, just walking through <laughs> through the mall or something, I'll just grab my phone and start singing the melody or yeah well singing the melody if it's something that's not lyrical and if it's lyrics i just write them but okay. luckily i've been here most of the time five months in my house so i have everything <laughs> i don't have to yeah. worry about that right now <laughs> for a moment like in my brain i was like and then adam stone pops out into a musical dance and he starts, like, <laughs> <laughs> he starts forming the lyrics <laughs> but like uh yeah i remember it, like I said, it was it was a process, man. I I, I kind of wish you were there. Uh, it's kind of seeing him put together a song, and, and it was it's it's fun to see in how he just sets up his phone and then he will record uh, a piano melody or something that he really yeah. enjoyed. I remember at one particular uh-huh. time it was like what twelve one in the morning, and uh, uh-huh. we're sitting there in in the little like studio area studio area in the dorms. And we're kind of sitting by that piano and we're just, you know, I'm just hearing oh, yes. you kind of put the notes together and you're asking me like, well, how does this sound? Or like, if I want to talk about this, what does this like melody sound like to that sound mm-hmm. or to those lyrics? Yeah. And that was like something unique to kind of experience because I've never experienced someone put a song together. And I think uh, one thing that always like if anything makes me a little bit like afraid is like if i was ever an artist like oh my gosh like how am i going to come up with a specific beat to this and and then follow up the lyrics with that but um like i said it was it was fun kind of sitting there and being able to kind of uh bounce ideas off or like saying like hey i've mm-hmm. kind of heard this before like why don't you try something like that and Mm-hmm. Um, intertwining that in your music is. Uh, is really I, I cool. think one day, if we ever get um, out of this whole COVID crap, <laughs> yes. maybe we can get back into the studio. Hopefully, maybe we can get Adam Stone back over to the States and maybe we can do some yeah. live production couch play or something. Oh, yeah, right. Like, I have, uh, <laughs> we have that soundboard. You just plug in the. Uh, Good old EBXY XLR cables, <laughs> totally sponsored, <laughs> and uh, you know, start jamming uh, for the folks. And uh, you know, that would actually be kind of fun, uh, just sort of creating uh, on the spot song. <laughs> yeah, cool. I've never done something like that before, but I'm really looking uh, forward. Live on the uh, it bit it live, quote unquote. MTV. Um, what what do they do? The when they did their acoustic thing, I, I can't remember what they called it. But you remember back in the day when they had MTV on there and they had all the artists come in. But instead of doing like their actual bands, they would do acoustic only, and they would just broadcast live on MTV. It'll be the amateur hour. <laughs> yes, yes, we're gonna broadcast. Uh, Who are 
spinoff here with Adam Stone. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be fun. That'd be an interesting uh, episode. I mean, that sounds like something I'd really like to do. I think that'd be a fun idea. Create a song on the Amateur Hour while while in the podcast. Maybe about the things we talk about or yeah. and just make it a legit, just like interesting, fun song. <laughs> that'd be really cool. That'd that'd be be fun. Fun. I, I suppose I am, I've answered, or I've, I've asked my questions so far i've got some very good answers um i think we should head into our first break so if there's any you know final what? things you'd like to ask Ooh. adam first you know what you're thinking the same thing i was thinking you know <laughs> like literally i was like all right i was listening <laughs> um i don't right. have anything just yet <laughs> um you know i think uh i, I agree with Tyler, let's throw it over to a quick break. I hear a word from our sponsor, uh, EBXYA, actually. I hope you guys enjoy. Stay tuned for the second break, because you may hear a quick 20 seconds from Adam Stone. I often find myself wondering, what's next? What lies ahead? Where do I go? How far will I go? We often think about tomorrow, but what's the point? What's the point of not looking at what we have in front of us? Why not look to the present and be grateful? Why do you run from today? What difference does it make if everything you have today can be gone tomorrow? So I urge you, live for today. Search EBXYA on Amazon today to get all of your XLR cable needs link in the description and we're back from that brief word from our sponsor ebxy if you guys want to check them out uh, go over the link in the description and be sure to uh visit you know click it click the link and uh check them out they have definitely really good xlr cables we've been using them for about a year so if i were you guys uh stay interested stay intrigued they and, have uh too, though, right they mainly are XLR. That's their main their main focus. Oh, last time I looked, I seen more on there. They, but oh well. they had different versions of the check XLR. But uh, check, check them out. out. Check them out. Yeah, I'm Back sure you... to segment two of the podcast because Adam Stone's still here. Yeah, we're we're back uh, with our lovely Adam Stone. If you want to check him out again, link is actually always in the description because uh, he's credited for our music. So. Uh, and anyone we work with, actually, too, is going to be also credited in the link or in the link in the description. Just the description. There's links there. There's people. We give them their rights, their props. Um, but yeah, Adam Stone's always in those descriptions because uh, he's a sponsor. And he created the music for the podcast. So he'll forever be immortalized. Immortalized? Is that? Anyway, memorialized. There you go. In our podcast. So, back to Adam Stone. Yeah. Because I have some questions. So, unfortunately, sorry for the audience because it's a little bit repetitive here. Um, we're going to be touching upon the whole COVID situation once again. Because we have a person yet in another country as our guest. I kind of want to ask a few things about how it's going over there. And, of course, if it's impacted or influenced him at all being that he is a musical artist. So first question, I suppose, would be, what's it like over there? I've seen in one of your videos that you have the mask on, so obviously, I mean, that's a worldwide thing, wearing a mask and all that kind of stuff. But 
is it serious over there? Are they doing better over there? What What's going on over where you're from? Well, when I came back, it was around March, at the end of March, and everybody was already very desperate because we were in quarantine. And I heard something about maybe by the end of May or, or the start of June, everything was going to be okay. And I heard that like two times from the government and uh, at the end, everything, it was a lie because they always said like we had to wait more time. And so we just said like, well, it's no surprise that we, it's going to be like this for the rest of the year. So we thought that, I, th I thought that everything had been a little bit more calm, but it wasn't until last week or this week that at least here in my state, it just started to increase more because people, really? apart from not wearing their face mask as it should be, thing like a, a temporary, temporal law of uh, closing all the establishments that were not necessary, like uh, things like people really don't need to go there. Uh, but they are they still want to open them because they are protesting that they they need the money they need to be working so right now it's a huge chaos with everyone and on top of everything they're not wearing their face masks so <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, same stuff we're going through over here right justin so we we live in northwest indiana and i actually live near the crown point square and there is a lot of restaurants some shopping you know it, it's it's mm -hmm. basically downtown where you got all your little things to do and i drive past every day nobody's wearing masks there's groups of people walking up and down the sidewalks there's not an empty spot to park if you want to park there's that many people there and yeah no one with the mask everyone's sitting down eating talking running around walking around you know covid's still here but everyone's just like in denial or something feels like that over here as well with everyone just like that driving around and also seeing people without their face masks uh i think the government has told them that you have to wear a face mask when you're driving if there's more than one people or even if you're by yourself and i mean there's a lot of people that do not follow those rules so it's pretty annoying as well right. yeah i, I kind of wish more people believed in the virus and kind of took those precautions mm -hmm. because the truth is is like if they continue um to live this sort of way where they want to get back to work truth is you're not going to get back to work if you're not taking the proper precautions and the only way that we can make sure that people are taking the proper precautions is us the people deciding to wear masks and uh kind of keeping ourselves accountable rather than trying to keep others accountable i mean recently right. i'd seen this video of uh the Karens, essentially, of the world. Uh, and I don't know if you're up to speed with that meme, uh, Adam, but Karens are the, you know, it's, how do we describe it? The suburban, rich, white lady <laughs> that gets outraged. They're always, they're always right when you tell them they're wrong. They're, yeah. They're, oh, 
Yeah, the the Karens. That that's the meme. All right, everyone. I'm just explaining the meme. Um, but you have the Karens out there, kind of um, being outraged and saying that they can't breathe while wearing a mask. And I mean, I I would believe that there's certain people that might have trouble breathing a mask. I mean, people with claustrophobia and other things, maybe anxiety disorders. Uh, I, I can imagine that being tough to wear a mask. But at to the same, anyone that's a Karen out there that may not be qualified as a Karen, sorry, Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen is a cool name, but it's also an even better meme. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to put a little bit of laughter in there. I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, it's funny. I mean, what a time to be Karen. You know, like, <laughs> if 2020 wasn't bad enough, I mean, Karen is like, <laughs> they're going through a rough, rough time right now. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's on like the same level as a millennial right now. But <laughs> but listen here, I mean, Karen, please wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We got all these people outraged currently, you know, um, and we have the Karens of our society, which are just kind of protesting and not believing in this sort of virus. But the death rate would say it's pretty real. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I guess there's not, I mean, it feels like, essentially beating a dead horse when we're constantly, you know, bringing up the the virus. But, I mean, it's just so prominent in our history. I mean, I guess that question for you, Adam, was how does it feel like living in true, like, big historical events? <laughs> I don't know. I just think when you when you say about big historical event, I, I look back at, like, other big historical events like world wars and things like that and how our parents – you know, tell us about those things when we we're young. So I guess it's going to be my turn to tell my kids, like, oh, I survived a pandemic. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> essentially we're going to have a back in my day story. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day, I was going to work and there's a virus. And, <laughs> and I had to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, you know, all like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh you know back uh, when your parents used to tell you and like i used to like hike up a mountain and like i used to walk up like you know <laughs> i walk or freaking yeah walk for 40 miles uh they always bringing up something about them going to school and now, I mean, we could say, we're like, yeah, I was, you know, taking the train and there was a virus going on. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, my kids are not going to have an excuse. I mean, that's it. for When it comes to parenting, I think I'm going to be pretty pretty strict now. I'm mean, like, you have no excuse, all right? You have to get good grades, uh, you know, <laughs> during the virus. You have to not become a total failure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, I mean, given on the topic of even uh, grades, I mean, it just kind of reminds me of kind of a bit of a question and statement at the same time. Is that uh, recently, you know, before this whole virus mess, actually, actually kind of a bit after, you had made the decision that uh, you didn't want to attend uh, college at uh, Columbia College Chicago anymore. And what was the sort of thought process behind that one and overall reasoning as to uh, why you kind of stepped away? Yeah, well, that came from the start of second semester, I think, because when I was attending some of my of my classes, I definitely felt that there was a lot of difference in talent and in capability as well and knowledge in general. So that 
I felt like was slowing down the, the learning process for uh, me and some of my my fellow, you know, Colombia friends that were maybe at the same level or even higher level than, than I was back then. And we definitely feel like it was slowing us down a lot with people that uh, might not know a lot and we're still in in those classes and the teacher had to go back every time to to explain everything and uh and then comparing it to to the price as well that i was that was paying uh as a total i feel like uh it wasn't fair to to be you know in those type of of situations where uh any person from from anywhere without a lot of knowledge in music could be there because i experienced being in the classroom with with other people and seriously with all honesty having uh, thoughts like how did they get here in the first place because i feel like i'm way over over that level and it's just slowing down everything that i'm trying to learn and that was something that i felt at the end of first semester and i decided to give it two opportunities second semester and third semester which i felt it improved very little but it didn't improve as much as i wanted it to and at the same time everything was parallel to being an international student so that definitely uh makes me uh, it makes everything a lot more expensive on side of the yeah well yeah not only expensive but there's things like i can and i cannot do as uh getting paid and and, and working off campus because I'm not an American citizen, which, well, I totally respect, of course, because it's not my country, but it's frustrating because yeah. I, from the first day that I arrived, I really wanted to get out and start playing as much as I, as I could. But it was hard because um, I, I did have a little f uh, fear with like the whole thing of, you know, getting paid and, and, and being international international student and, and having all of those laws on top of me. And it was just pretty frustrating. And then at that time I was in 21 as well. So that was another yeah. disadvantage that I couldn't go to to all of the places to to play. And now, I understand there's like a there's different type of visas. Like obviously yeah. you have a student visa. Um in order for you to perform or work to get a paycheck, mm -hmm. would you be allowed to have another type of visa like a work visa or are you like you could yeah you could you you could use the work visa but to get the to get one of those you have to it's more it's easier for someone to get that visa if they're already hired for a job yeah, and so let's say like if i just if i just show up like that saying i just want to go to your country and find where to play i don't think they they'll want to to give me a visa for just you know going there and trying to Right, you know, and being a nomad, and I'm and sure there's having no place to be. I'm sure there's a certain way to probably have yeah, to figure that out. Yeah, they're, they're, have them processed and everything. I would mm -hmm. assume it definitely was just a long process because I remember, you know, when I was managing it, that was like one of our concerns and trying to figure that out. It definitely was. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really get a chance to look at it at the time. Um, because we're just more, more focused on like kind of rebranding and just making sure that, uh, things were a lot more set up, uh, business wise. Mm -hmm. so, 
could that have affected because you were in the States, um, but you were still working on your music and you did a show with Justin that he was managing. Is that technically going against the visa or going against any well, laws? Or no, because um, when he was playing to get in the specifics with that is that um, it was like a, we were able to kind of um, get him in for an on-campus event. So it was for uh, day of so the it dead. Was considered okay. Cause of school. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, he wasn't getting any compensation. So essentially, I mean, as long as he's not getting any sort of compensation, and I mean, he's here like as he a student. And taking the profit, that would probably be not okay. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to work around that, which I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. uh, too uh, legal to say or whatnot, but <laughs> um, there was ways that we would have to like figure out if we did get paid. No, right? there's so so it definitely was a it was a process, and I I could understand that nuisance in a way um, to kind of try and figure out how to play, uh, which I think is definitely an adversity for um, musicians of uh, any sort of ethnicity that's just kind of coming into america to want to play and kind of get big i mean I'd, like i said i'm sure there's ways uh we didn't really have enough time at the time to mm -hmm. really check into this because he was there for a couple of months and uh we wanted to figure everything out like i said business wise but you know kind of getting back to the columbia stuff and 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 stepping away from college would you feel that college of that caliber too cuz i mean it's a private school it's 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 predominantly well known mm -hmm. especially in chicago for being a really good art school would you feel like they should have had a process where they sort of tested your skill level essentially with yeah, music yeah i think a little bit more more strict i would say would have been a little bit better maybe not to to uh stop uh, people from from attending that college, but maybe to place them in uh, their right. Yeah, like you know, a bit of a classes. ranking, essentially. You're, like you're more advanced than some of the people that were in some of your classes. Mm -hmm. So if there was some type of placement test mm -hmm. or assessment that you could have taken, maybe you could have skipped the like one on one classes per se. And jumped into a more advanced area. Yeah. Yeah, I would figure too, like, again... Have anything like that at Columbia? Justin, you would probably know too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that being in art school, I was surprised that they didn't actually have anything like that. I yeah, remember... And you got to go through all the basic classes. That's, that's any college. You have to go through basic math and English and all that stuff. But it, when it comes to your actual skill, what you're going to college for your major... If his being music production, I would assume they would really want to test your knowledge and how much you know about that specific area. And I feel like if if I were operating this college and I was, you know, accepting money to give someone an education, I would believe it would be up to me to really test that person's knowledge and really give him the right skills that he needs. If he's mm -hmm. if we're wasting his time and money on skills he already has and he's excelling in, then push him up further. I, I feel like that would have been the right thing to do and maybe a placement test would have been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, it, 
it's the same for I think yeah like you're saying like for most colleges and it's kind of upsetting that I would think that artistically right like and and through music is something very different I think it's a different level than like let's say I I mean I'm studying uh, pretty much producing film producing and television producing um, right I want to be and and that's like a lot of business uh, classes and other courses and stuff like that. So you'd figure something for me like yeah, of course they're gonna force me to take the intro classes if I haven't taken them and uh, other things I mean, of that caliber. When I attended Ivy Tech. They gave me a placement test, and my math scores were really good. My English scores were above average. And even some of the general like science and stuff like that, they scored me above average and I didn't have to take my basic math or my basic English. So is there like a basic music production or something like that? If, if he would have been able to overlook, you know, if that, if such a test was in place or is it school policy where you have to go from start to end, you know? Yeah. Did they have a placement for you, um, Adam? They had placements once you were there, I think. Uh, but only for some of the, of the classes, not everything. The, when I applied, I didn't have to present anything, any sort of test or anything. Mm, that's... You know, like from from the very very beginning, I just had to I I just sent like a video of me singing, and actually honestly, I thought it was pretty, you know, average or <laughs> not, not not as good as as <laughs> right now. And I and I guess I was just surprised by well, I was I wasn't really surprised, but um, if just like maybe like I said, being in a classroom and, and having other people that are not. And you're at your level and are very are really struggling and you just think like, well, I'm just losing my time here and my money yeah. when I could be learning something else. Just, for, um, just to see what would happen, I wonder if you were to submit one of your fully produced music videos, I, I wonder if they would offer a higher placement or offer some type of ability for you mm-hmm. to pop place higher not to say you should go back but i would just wonder if you were if they would all of a sudden have this different decision for you Uh, we can try it we can make a experiment undercover (laughs) (laughs) because if, if they do that right there i mean if if i were you and you already went to the school and then you dropped back out of the school because it wasn't really working for you but then if you submitted something that's a lot better and all of a sudden they're like, Oh shoot, he can really excel and we're going to put him on this higher level. I would feel somewhat insulted. Yeah. No, know. let, let, let them suffer. Let In, them suffer. Instead of Adam stone, it's going to be stone Adam. Undercover video. You understand what I'm saying, right? I don't it, like they paid enough attention or maybe they didn't pay attention to the right things i don't think Mm -hmm. that uh it would change anything unfortunately i think it's just a fault in in columbia colleges uh yeah uh, and not to say that it's a bad college i'm not here to bad bad obviously it's not the college itself it's but it's government and control a little bit you have to do these different things 
just to get your diploma. They definitely don't have a lot of government uh, regulation when it comes to that, essentially, because mm-hmm. it's a private it's college. Private yeah. So mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to fall in those footsteps too hard. Obviously, right, there's a certain curriculum you have to learn. So that is, I think, would be by like a state and just worldwide, uh, almost not spectrum, essentially. But um, I think uh, that Columbia, I mean, hopefully they'll learn and hopefully enough people, I guess, speak out to kind of, yeah, uh, when it comes to music to see if they can get higher placements so that way they're maybe even yeah. shortening their time frame in college. But of course, colleges are very business oriented, and they just kind of want to milk the the money mm-hmm. out of you, <laughs> yeah. which is unfortunate. I mean, it's, but you know, it's, yeah. it's the truth. Talking about how we're placing um, Adam Stone here, I mean, I'm I'm not a music specialist or anything like that. I'm just going solely of just listening to the music. It sounds on the same level as Twenty One Pilots. Someone like that going into a college, I feel like that should have helped him excel in the college or made the college feel more oriented to focus on him a little bit more and get him to where he needs to be rather than letting him sit through a class that he feels like he's below his level. I mean, sometimes yeah, though, you kind of, I, I mean, I, I, I guess, I don't know. It's hard to compare it because it's like, uh, I, I felt essentially that I've had a few business courses to have the class as a whole where it feels like it's not doing anything for you to the point where you're leaving the school. That sounds like a problem. Yeah, it came it came by stages. Like at first first was not going to the class because I found a way mm-hmm. to have people sign my name for the class. <laughs> and I know from experience talking to Justin even it's not a cheap school. No. It's yeah. very expensive I've, and yeah. there's something like that you want your money's worth. You want to obtain a good knowledge and good skill from it, and maybe you were, but some of the yeah, some uh, I didn't feel like you're mm-hmm. getting signatures to get out of a class. I mean, I feel like if you're paying that much money for a school, you should really feel inclined to go to the class, and you should really feel engaged. And it seems like that's a very important factor for a school like that, and it was lacking. You know what he did gain out of it? I'll tell you what yeah. he gained. He gained a good friend. <laughs> like <laughs> great networking. <laughs> yeah, no, there were there were Gain. Yeah, there were it was it was great for the networking. I I did learn some of the, uh, some things, but only in a few classes. Yeah. And but yeah, I just I guess part of the decision was also because that university I feel decreases your decreases your testosterone a lot. <laughs> so okay. so keeping to talk about college and stuff, how did your parents fare to this decision well, about I, uh, dropping out? Uh, even when I was trying to get admitted to to college, they were very supportive. So it was no surprise that they were also very supportive when. When I told them that I wanted to change the direction, but they did tell me that I had to have like a a plan of what I was going to do when I when I came here, and I really haven't I, I have thought about it, but not as much because of the pandemic. So there's a lot of things like you cannot yeah, do right now, and I really wish that I would be taking you know singing classes, guitar lessons, and piano lessons, but. Uh, I feel like most of of this 
lessons cannot be given through you know through Zoom or or Skype. I'm I'm really a fan of those of that yeah, type yeah. of learning, especially because half of our our semester was through Zoom, and you have like uh, you know 15, 18 students in. <laughs> In a, in a class of them playing guitar at the same time. So, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, see that. And, you know, let, let's, let's say if you were in a legitimate classroom, not in Zoom, not virtual, mm-hmm. you might have a few people on the side practicing guitar, playing something, but then the teacher can go, okay, you're doing good, keep practicing, and then he or she can go do some one-on-one time with another student. Yeah. Very difficult yeah. if you're virtual or in like some kind of Zoom meeting. No, yeah. It, I, it won't, I, I would not believe it would work very well. So yeah, I I, the same decision. I, I had a, a class, it was an ensemble, so we were like uh, nine people playing together, drums, mm-hmm. bass, guitar, and like four singers. And the whole idea of that class is that by the end of the semester, you're going to have a performance in front of, you know, other students and, and teachers. I mean, Justin was there last semester yeah. and he, he got to, to experience the ensemble playing. Yes, but yes. Uh, so from, from that to now we're going to be online and like, how are we going to play together uh, through join the Zoom meeting? We're <laughs> just, just gonna join the Zoom meeting and start playing, you know. And at the end, just turned out to be, you know, the 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 final project was going to be uh, producing a song. Like everybody was going to be recording, and and then people. Uh, the, this is like another reason for which you know I think it proves the point that there's a lot of people that didn't have the the abilities and the capability of of being, you know, uh, you know, in that sort of classes, but we had to produce everything and record everything ourselves and then send it to someone who was going to mix it. And people didn't know how to, how to record. And, you know, half of the class or maybe the entire class for like two weeks was the teacher explaining how to record music. So imagine coming from someone that already knows how to produce and produces his own music, uh, you know, sitting down in a Zoom class uh being lecture and how to use logic pro it's not exactly how i want to spend my my money you know <laughs> your money so, your time i mean that's so i guess this kind of brings me to my next question so you finally made the decision to quit school and go back home obviously you probably weren't prepared to go home to a pandemic yeah this way <laughs> so I, i mean nobody would have been prepared there would have been no way to prepare but not so much to talk about COVID. You, you mentioned in the first segment that it's been five months, five months yeah. of quarantining, not going out, not doing a whole yeah. bunch, you know, completely different lifestyle. I would assume that probably influenced you as an artist in some way. I like to say every time that I was already in quarantine before it happened because I was always in my room writing music. So it's no surprise that I've been doing that a, a lot. A Yeah, so it's yeah, from a song a week it turned out to be a song a day. Mm-hmm. But no, it definitely uh from a musical perspective and quarantine just made me you know, have a little more uh personal time I would say with with my music and try to uh you know, think if that's the direction uh, that I want to take with with the music that I'm writing and 
uh, and it just uh, gives me more time since I'm not playing live. I have more time to experiment and to and right. to come up with new new music, new sounds, new new styles, and not really afraid of having to show anybody because I'm just in my room and that music never leaves my room. So, so you've definitely taken more of a positive approach. Yeah, yeah, but and 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 I feel uh, also lyrically, I feel I don't know if a lot of people have to be out of their houses and experiencing new things to write music, but I at least I felt like the the pandemic was a very very you know inspirational thing to write about. I guess you know, just writing about the end of the world and science fiction and things like that was definitely a point to start. And from there, you know, I feel, you know, being locked in your house doesn't prevent you from from getting inspiration from feelings that you have from things that you see. So I, I would definitely don't think it's been a, an obstacle other so, than I just want to get outside and, and have some fresh air for once. But would oh, go you, ahead, Justin. Would you say that essentially this has um, kind of made you self-reflect as and just you as an individual as opposed to yeah. an artist as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, a lot. And I feel it's been it has influenced the way that I want to not only, uh, you know, write my music, but also, like you said, personally, like how I, I want to. And it's like I feel it can be used like a like a timeout from 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 you know what's happening right now and from actually from what was happening before the pandemic i feel it works like a timeout for yeah. you to also like self uh analyze everything that you're doing and what you want to change and yeah. why you want to be better i mean I, I, feel, I, I would agree with that statement and i'm, yeah. I'm glad that you're i mean as t even tyler has mentioned before is that you're taking this in a sort of a positive note which I think is um, what most people should do uh, is mm -hmm. kind of rather than worry about the pandemic. Very important because yeah. if you're if you're if you're struggling and you're negative thinking, and then if he's trying to be an artist, I'm I'm sure there's other people in the world that may be trying to do the same thing, or even just you know in my day to day life, if it's nothing but negative, it it really makes the day harder. And there has been days yeah. for me that you know, you're at work and nothing's working well and the pandemic is just giving you nothing but negative thoughts. The rest of the day just starts to suck. So being that he can really be on a positive note and that that's, I mean, that's great because that's letting him really excel now mm -hmm. that he has time to really go through everything. And I think that applies for everyone else as well. If you're able to be on a positive note throughout the whole thing, you know, it's just going to make it mentally easier to deal with. Cause right now for a lot of people, this is a big mental challenge. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was, that's kind of where I was getting to is I think most people should uh, actually just take this time to sort of reflect on oneself and, and not in a bad way and not in a negative way, but just think of yourself and areas that you'd like to fix in life or just be sort of kind of grateful for what you have in in the moment. Right. Even if you don't have nothing, I mean, there's always there's always someone in a worse situation. So again, uh, be grateful for your loved ones as well. Uh, I would say too during this time. And um, if you are safe, you know, then be happy that you're safe and healthy. And I, I, I honestly hope that everyone still remains safe and happy. Um, speaking of happy, you know what? What else would make 
everyone else happy. I think it's uh, about high time that uh, we kind of release the 20 seconds of Adam's new song. Adam, mind telling him the song name? Uh, the the song name, uh, Stay For Me. Uh, if I were you guys, <laughs> we are debuting only 20 seconds. I know it's a small bit, but you know what? It's going to be absolutely wonderful, and uh, we're going to discuss it. So enjoy. How did you all enjoy those 20 seconds of Adam, uh, Adam Stone's new song? Yeah, I feel more Mexican than ever. Yes, yes. So yeah. uh, definitely one thing we have to get into, this little teaser, if you will, uh, for his song again that's releasing tomorrow. So if are you guys, please uh, be ready for that one. But uh, before we even get into promotional stuff. But yeah, so... Essentially, uh, what's up with the new tune? What's up with the new tune? Tell me about it. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind was when I was writing it, it was 2018. I just failed a math exam. It was the final test for, for me to be able to graduate from high school. I remember I was in my room. Uh, I didn't have the trumpets yet. It was just the, the chords and the, the progression and the beat. And I remember my dad coming to my room and telling me, like, why do you fail? math class and and he told me stop doing music for one week and just you know get your things together you have to take this test and you know be able to graduate and you can do as much music as you want so uh after that i i I don't remember how the the trumpet part came together i think i was just experimenting but from from when it started i really wasn't thinking about having a a song with trumpets or a song that uh, sounded like a Mexican song. So, yeah, it just came. I think the the trumpet thing was, it just came like that, but I felt it was a pretty good thing, not only because it sounded good, but it had to do a lot with the culture and, you know, to to my hometown. And I felt it was a nice tribute to, to everything. And it plays very well as well with the lyrics, which I don't know if we're going to get to discuss that part as well of the song, but I feel it everything... You know, it, everything blended uh, together in a very nice way, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I remember first hearing the song, and uh, I remember, too, when we're managing, right, and, and we're kind of having the the conversation of, like, the type of artist you want to be and, you know, where you want to go, essentially. Um, one of the things was is that I was like, well, you know, is there any sort of idea that you want to do with like something a little bit more cultured, like, because uh, you know, being Mexican and from Mexico, um, I felt like that was sort of an avenue that would kind of make you unique in a way, of having some sort of Spanish songs essentially, but uh, yeah. or at least having inquiring the beat, and that, I mean that's something that I seen that you had implemented with this song and. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful to hear, to be honest, because it adds, it kind of just pays tribute in a way. Um, yeah. Without, well, it lets you see the culture background too, as well. Yeah, without mm-hmm. especially stepping out of what Adam Stone is, and essentially, it's still keeping with the Adam Stone flair. Yeah. And just adding yeah, to his background. Yeah, that's what I like because it's not an entirely different different song because it still has like the the sort of 
the Adam Stone element as far as rapping and singing. Uh, yeah. But it has that, like you said, cultural part. And I do get asked all the time, like when a song in Finnish. And I just like to say, like, it hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't mean I'm going to deny if I ever have inspiration to write that. But uh, yeah. at least for now, this is all that you can get. You can have some very nice sounding trumpets in the beginning of the song. So uh, I feel it's a good touch. And it represents the culture in a good way as yeah, well. No, well, with most Trump. definitely, you know, I, it pays uh, a good homage uh, in a way to. Well, it was it was trying something new, and who knows, it may open other doors to yeah. future ideas. Most yeah. definitely, you know, yeah, and I I would say to that because I remember you know bringing up the Spanish and everything, and yeah, I I would say if it doesn't feel right, then don't go for it, um, like mm-hmm. you're saying, because that's I think something that some artists try and do sometimes they'll try and change too much because other people are telling them to or they're trying to appease a certain um demographic essentially but i think for most artists just do what you love i mean because either way i think you're still gonna have critics and um have you i think that's something that um i i would like to talk about actually um have you ever sort of ran into any negative critics uh at all actually recently and if you did how did you deal with that or handle yeah well actually that's what inspired songs like bright it came from from receiving very negative comments but uh which i think they were intended to be a little bit more uh constructive criticism they turned out to be more more of a insult than you know anything else and that was back when i was in middle school and i started to play in this uh, musical and i chose to play guitar and so i had we had to practice every saturday or something and and we had this band director and he just all the time he was just telling me how bad I was playing, but not necessarily telling me how to improve or what I had to improve or, or what I was lacking or what I had to do better to make the song sound like it had to sound. It was He was just, you know, directing and then just staring at me and making me like a face of you just yeah. messed it up. And I, I feel I feel that's just uh, makes you feel makes you feel like you are very bad at what you're doing and but it also makes you uh you know it's very frustrating because they're not telling you what you're doing wrong they're just saying that you are not good at it without telling you how to improve that sort of and of, sorry to interrupt but like that reminds me of your song bright is that no yeah that, yeah that, <laughs> uh, yeah that's what I, that's what I, I was saying that uh you know when when you receive those negative comments uh that's the result you're gonna get a song or something like that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh because it really was a very bad experience for me because uh after i was when i was during that musical i remember he the band director brought another guitar player to help me and at the beginning i thought i was going to be a teacher and i had nothing against that but he brought another student and he basically stole off my parts 
and yeah. I, I I ended up doing something else with the guitar, which wasn't even, uh, you know, people didn't even notice what I was doing with the guitar. And and plus, the student wasn't from our school; he was from from oh, high school. And it was like, what are you doing here in the first place? So I feel that sort of, and I'm telling this story because uh, you asked me about you know uh, critics and and negative comments, and yeah. I and I felt that the teacher who could have definitely just uh told me how how to how to improve and what areas could i improve to make uh you know myself as a guitar player and as a musician well being way that better. left that part out doesn't sound like a very good teacher no yeah i mean yeah, i mean after all it's a middle school teacher. <laughs> not helping you to improve isn't that what you go to the teacher for to improve he, yeah, I should go with him to improve, but I was receiving the complete opposite, you know, uh, behavior from what I was expecting. And then he recommended me another teacher because he doesn't play guitar. So I had to go with a, a teacher, a private teacher that knows how to play guitar. And he, and then the private teacher told me that ev everything that I was doing was fine. So I got pretty confused and I just thought at the end everything was, you know, the, the, the other teacher had everything against me or I don't know. What was happening really possible. so I don't know. But I mean, anyway, the point of the story was that uh you know, uh that's an example of receiving uh I guess negative comments and negative attitude instead of having uh you know, just constructional criticism and, and how that can affect someone and what it can provoke. A song you know against yeah, him you made the the full song bright i guess from that experience i was like wait a minute this sounds familiar <laughs> yeah so yeah and this the the song is so literal you know he's so bald story, short <laughs> he'll just excel anyway i mean that's cool <laughs> i mean I, I remember you were talking though uh at least you briefly mentioned that you kind of wanted to get a little bit into the lyrics of uh stay for me yeah and i guess i i don't want to touch too much into it because i want people to experience the song uh mm -hmm. tomorrow essentially um but uh yeah so tell me at least where does the song come from and um uh, what are the ultimate themes of the song like what's the song ultimately about well it was inspired first of all by uh the year 2018 when i was writing music and spending so much time in my room and also playing in different places and just realize how how much uh, hard work you have to put into the things that you that you have to to that you want to create and uh i i felt like uh once you you look at the other things that you're creating and then then you go and show it to your friends or other people just think about what other people are listening to and it's very different from what you're listening i mean from what you're writing and that uh you know it, it provokes that feeling that we were discussing a minute ago about uh not knowing if you should change your music or what you should be writing in order to please the people who who are listening to your music yeah so so the song uh really for me means uh there's a line that says can you stay for for a while 
and and I guess that sums everything up because I'm doing a lot of hard work into trying to to make the song sound like I want, spending a lot of time thinking about so many options of how to so many options that will at the that at the end will will affect the outcome of the song and and I feel like that hard work should be uh you know uh by should be not praised but maybe admired by you know the people who are going to listen to the song at the end and how how it can also be how that that people who are going to listen to your song are distracted by by the songs that are being played on the radio that for me i feel they have uh the lyrical the lyrical content might have no no meaning at the end so it's just uh i guess the song acts like a uh you know wanting to tell people if they can stay just for a little while to 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 support your local talent i would say sounds like a very intriguing song most definitely even thinking about the lyrics and at least more of the meaning now the sort of song beat itself really does fit in uh, yeah. with the the music or the song mm -hmm. itself so uh, that's, I mean, that's really cool kind of getting into that. I also even wanted to get into some of your other songs, like uh, Every Day, you have yeah. Bright, you have, uh, well, we can now know where Bright comes from, which is kind of cool that uh, the listeners out there sort of get that background on where that song yeah. came from. So I guess uh, the next song I, I kind of want to touch on is uh, More Than Friends. That song itself, what kind of... Because that one's more of a sort of slow song, essentially, and a bit mm -hmm. of a romance song, essentially. What was the inspiration for that song as well? For the inspiration for Modern Friends, I think it came from from different experiences in in the you know in the love field, we would say. Uh, uh, I'm <laughs> uh, all of them. Uh, all of those experiences, I, I felt they summed up uh, to to this song, and all of the lines were inspired by by different things that I was feeling uh, through uh, this period of time. And I have to say, the song was inspired by two people. <laughs> so it's just your normal song about wanting to be like this like the title says more more than friends which would mean that you want to be in a relationship with them and uh i feel that that song has been one of the most honest songs that i've written and i got the chance as well to play it in front of of the person that it was intended to be for and did i managed to be more than a friend no they just got angry when i <laughs> oh <my laughs> when i sing this song so it went out pretty pretty bad but i do like a lot the song the song has a very special place in in my heart because it's one of the of the oldest songs that i've written and it's one of the most honest songs as well and i just feel like the everything that i wrote has the uh the power to just bring me back to those moments when I was writing the song and how how it felt to to be living, you know, during high school those all of those memories. I mean, I definitely mm -hmm. could relate to even the song title itself. Uh, yeah. Wanting to be more than friends, I think every guy essentially has been there, 
where you're sort of in that friend area, but like you'd want to be more. And it's like, what do you do next? You know? So yeah. definitely this song, I mean, I, first time I heard it, I was like, wow, he wrote a song for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that occasion uh, multiple times where you're friend zoned and you're like, damn it. Because I mean, I like to yeah. believe in being friends first and then kind of uh, stepping into that next level. So yeah, I, I've, I've sort of uh, hit the mark on that several times before. And uh I never cease to continue hitting that mark. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, uh, that was a really I remember one of that was one of the first like sort of softer songs essentially I heard before even you release this. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, some of these are sort of old tracks that were renewed uh in the studio and that song I I had really liked and I was kind of happy that you you brought it back uh especially several uh, yeah. all these songs. I mean, I yeah. kind of essentially hearing you renew all these songs and and put these songs together now it it, it sort of has me wondering album soon probably <laughs> <laughs> probably is that probably. is that all we get is a probably I, I'd say yeah, I I think uh I'd like to have a little more uh, songs out there, so I could put all of them together in in one album. So you so want right to, now. You would sorry? want to put these uh, songs essentially in in an album itself, but you would want. Yeah, to well, I haven't I haven't decided if I want to maybe split these five songs into an EP, maybe, or at the end have these five songs and a couple of other songs in an album. Uh, I think I haven't decided that yet, but I have decided like which are the next songs that are going to be recorded and released so exciting i mean it's at least a little insight you know because i'm sure the listeners out there who uh are becoming fans of you are just curious more or less if uh you know when when the album might be when when the day might come the day of uh good reckoning (laughs) thinking of two like these songs and 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 just putting together albums and whatnot um how would you essentially decide on the flair of a new album? Because I know we briefly, we, we kind of t- talked about it a bit, uh, getting into like, okay, like I, it's about what I'm feeling at the time, what sort of music I'm listening to. Is that mm-hmm. how you necessarily are determining the, uh, again, uh, quote, uh, flair essentially for the new album? Like, let's say there's a new album to come. Is that like just all based on the music you're listening to or do you know the direction you want to take yeah i mean i know the direction i want to take in in regards to the music but i still haven't thought about how i want to place it because the first five songs the first five singles that i've released are very similar and i feel that the next music that i'm going to be releasing it's a little bit different so that's why i had the thought of having maybe an ep because of the maybe slightly different uh influences that i have in my music right now but i feel it also would be a good idea to have all of them together and that way i can you know when you listen through the album you don't listen to the same thing repeat every time you have like different uh influences and different genres that you can listen to inside the same album the more i think uh people get to hear kind of the process uh, the more invested i become and, and i would figure the more people would be invested as well i am I'm, I'm a big person on sort of behind the scenes and yeah me too there's I'm, definitely going to be a crowd out there that 
when they hear that Adam Stone is a one guy thing, produces everything on his own. There's there's a crowd out there that would that, that really appreciates that because mm-hmm. what most bands are three four people, you're one person and you're still doing it. So yeah, it, it's definitely going to touch another crowd. It's definitely going to keep some more people inclined because one it's good music i mean that's that's like the number one thing but two once like i'm the same way of justin with the behind the scenes things and all of a sudden i find out well there's one person doing all of this now it's just that much better because you know that there's more time and effort put into it yeah and and even getting into that like how tyler's talking about is the the people and kind of the people getting interested you've been sort of uh doing a lot of lives recently um via instagram and what's the sort of mo behind that well it definitely was because i i remember i was gonna have a show before the the pandemic and and i didn't go to the to the show because i was afraid of you know getting infected or anything and and that's what made me want to to use the the tool of Instagram live streaming which I've never done before and I've seen other people doing live streams which are very um well very calm as in you know in their room playing guitar and and oh what song do you want me to play and they just write it in the chat and and they play the song but I I was very interested in in bringing the the complete Adam Stone experience into your cell phone, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and being able to to be in your house and watching the the show like if you were going to a, to a concert and not not because there's a pandemic or I'm in my room, I have to be sitting down with a guitar. I can I can bring the whole the whole thing here. So that's when I did the first one, it was just by myself, and and I guess it went pretty well. But uh, like I said, uh, my my sister started helping me with the drums, and and I was able to not only bring like the Adam Stone experience to your to your cell phone, but also uh, being able to to have this new element in the in the music, which was the drums, which makes it more more louder and more more heavy and aggressive. So. I feel people that have been watching as well, uh, I, I guess they have noticed how much we have improved from, from the first show we did back in in March to the last one that we did the same month in, well, last month on, on August. And I feel that we've, um, I don't know, we, we, I think we found this new direction for, for the Atom Stone uh, in regards to, to the show and, and, and playing um, this live streaming thing has been very useful in that way that we can we can see how we can improve the live the the live shows of Adam Stone. So is your is your sister just the uh the live show event, you know, is she just yeah, part of that yeah. or is she, are you considering like giving her a spotlight? I feel uh we we've talked about this and and we we both agree that we have to be very clear that this is a solo artist, which is well, me, Adam mm-hmm. Stone, and that we have to, that people might get confused when we play live and they haven't seen us before and they might think that we're a band. So we're, we have to be very careful in the way that we present to other people. Yeah. So okay. that's why for now, at least, I guess, uh, the live shows 
have been like that because I really wanted to to change a little bit the sound when when it comes to the live music. But uh, when it comes to uh, I would say like deciding what I want to do with my music, I definitely can ask her. But at the end, I think it's just going to be my decision. I remember popping in a few of those live episodes or live mm-hmm. uh, shows. I almost said episodes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I definitely see it's almost like a concert experience because you have your Adam Stone sign. You got the, the yeah, logo. I, I have uh, the yeah the intro audio as well with your voice. Yes, yes. Well. <laughs> a little Easter egg for everyone. Uh, I did the <laughs> Adam Stone kind of walks into essentially an intro. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I did the... I did the revoice over of the written intro um yeah, yeah for every time he comes in so if you guys ever yeah. want to catch that um did a little voiceover work for him um yeah but it's it's working very very good because we not only the the Adam Stone live streams from my Instagram account have been happening but also we have been invited to to other other events like the uh virtual manifest from Colombia yeah. And another event that that we over here in Mexico that's for uh some of some of my friends organized this event and they also did this live stream so we got to play there with the intro and everything and it's just just great that even if you know we're locked in our houses we're able to still be playing as if we were playing in a live stage in a yeah. live venue. That's exciting cool. and kind of getting now probably even more stage time and everything it must be definitely wonderful kind of being able and if anything too being able to decorate essentially uh, and set up your own stage uh for however you want to i mean you even have lights going on i mean you go oh yes well my sister my sister had the lights and and in her room before and they were just you know not nothing nothing so special they were just on the uh the roof and and i I think they fell off. <laughs> so I told her, yeah, how about you just bring the lights and we just put them here and we can play with the lights. And yeah. then we we played the first time and it was kind of hard because I like I'm 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 a fan of, you know, the lights uh, you know, flickering and <laughs> yeah. and, and changing colors and then fading and then everything. And I, I, it was very hard to do that if we were both playing. So I had to to play guitar what with, with one hand and and change the color with the other hand. <laughs> and so it became like a very hard job to do. And then my dad uh, bought some lights that we could even use after the pandemic is done. We could we could actually use them if we play live. But at least yeah, we kind of take we them, them here, and we just decided to change them. Before every song, we just change the color and just leave it like that. But I, I'm really missing the the whole, you know, show when it comes to the crazy parts. Be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, but, <laughs> I I could what, imagine. What kind of lights do you use? Because there's some computer software that you can yeah. do with um different types of like RGB light strips. Yeah, like L- LEDs. Yeah. Or- there's- yeah like professional stage equipment but mm-hmm. like for lighting that's if you ever seen like a really fancy built computer yeah you can put some of that lighting to react to like music and stuff or yeah. like people yeah. when they're playing computer and, and they get killed in the game their computer turns red something like that but i wonder like can you use something like that plugged into your computer and have like a mic set up that the computer can hear 
and yeah. like just makes your lights do different things. Yeah, that sounds great. I actually didn't think about that when <laughs> when we were playing the music, uh, uh, but I think it's a good thing that uh, you mentioned it because now I'll want to to try it out and see what I can do. <laughs> it was a hard experience because even that's something I've never done. I don't know mm -hmm. how entirely possible it is, but like just usually you go to a big concert and there's people controlling audio there's people controlling lighting there's you know there's there's a physical person usually doing all that yeah. so honestly outside it, of the experiment with outside of the mm -hmm. podcast tyler maybe you can help him figure something else out um so that way he can bring this new experience to uh his listeners out there and his uh, fans i had like this image in my brain when you were saying like yeah we just you know i had to control it with my hand i was thinking like literally maybe like let's say you're just plugging it inside the wall plugging it out of the wall plugging it in the wall <laughs> just to make it like strobe light like because you know how some guitarists they have all the foot pedals to like make the guitar sound different ways and do all that kind of yeah, stuff Yeah, maybe he can i wonder if you could do some kind of light control <laughs> like a, thing like a jerry rig or something yeah. like that so like, you know, you can... like if you're like tapping your foot to the beat and you're just you just hit different pedals and it like activates <laughs> yeah or something weird yeah i mean that's a good idea but at the same time i would like I would to have leave no that job for it would work <laughs> no yeah no, yeah, but I would like to leave that job for someone else because I do want to. I really feel like I couldn't concentrate or could feel. Well, I could concentrate, right. but I couldn't feel entirely, you know, when I was playing the music. Yeah, I, I had to think about the lights at the time. You even had um, essentially like different camera angles um, for your your live performance. Uh, correct me if I was wrong. Did you have that before? Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which one which I'm performance trying to think of which performance about. specifically um but i just remember one performance uh yeah might, because, i don't know if it was manifest yeah, or not uh, yeah we did two one was for manifest and the other was a facebook live stream and both of them we we pre-recorded them with like three cameras or four okay. i think and 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 i had to edit the whole thing but <laughs> uh but we had different camera shots that was a cool thing yeah, yeah, I remember seeing something like that, and that was really cool. So you definitely really are, I think, during this pandemic, trying to bring uh, an aspect and kind of, if in a way, showing other artists that, you know, you can kind of do it at home and have that that mm -hmm. concert at home and, and bring this experience to people's phones and, and, and really put a good highlight out there in yeah. these trying times and... Uh, continue to be an artist that's live performing essentially it's just changed yeah. to virtually live but it's still live mm -hmm. and um you know that that's definitely great and, and you know as recapping to what tyler said before you definitely are an artist that is uh you know you're it's i i think up and coming is not even really just right to describe you i think you're just an artist that is good <laughs> you're mm -hmm. a very good artist and um and, and not just because i know you it's just like i said when i first seen you first day i knew it and i just a great story yeah <laughs> when i hear your music i don't think of a new artist you're that's why i was because you have your own style but when i listen to your music 
I think of Twenty One Pilots, and for me to associate you, that it it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm listening to a new artist. You know, it, yeah. it feels like you have your skill. You're in the right space. You're you know what you're doing. It's you're on that level already. And being that you only have five songs and those five songs are like already on that level. That's just one thing that's really awesome. That lets that really lets you know that, you know, you're you're already doing as good as some people that are well established. So the future is gonna be, you know, it, it's it's already there. Your your skills are there and everything. There's it's gonna be a pretty bright future for sure, I would yeah, think. Thank you. Yeah. You're not a new artist. You're the artist, <laughs> right? So that's uh, very exciting. You know, I agree with everything Tyler said, um, and I can't wait to see more. And tomorrow, everyone, please get ready because uh, the more is coming. Uh, Stay for me is going to be available on YouTube and Spotify. Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay, it's gonna be available yeah, everywhere. everywhere. So, you know, be sure to um be sure to check in on him, you know. Uh it, thank you, Adam, definitely for coming on the podcast again. It's always lovely having you. Um also yeah. a big still, sh- I I have to say still looking forward for to the day that I'm able to be with the amateur hour full experience, junior Tyler, Justin. You know what? I I tell you what it's gonna come. Hopefully this COVID BS is far gone. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, You're in the States again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I mean, I have to go to pick up my guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, when you're um, in the States, uh, we definitely can come up with a super fun episode and just have it uh, be a blast and do something different and sort of add that unique Adam Stone flair to everything that he does. And, um, again, thank you so much for, uh, making the intro and making the song for us over here okay. at the Amateur Hour Week. Uh, thank you for, no, yeah, thank you for, for choosing me <laughs> and, you know, trusting and trusting me. Most definitely. I mean, I couldn't it think of a... 21 pilots and i don't think 21 pilots would have answered <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, honestly, you were no, the, I definitely appreciate the work. The work is, uh. It's top notch. Yeah, you're the best uh, option out there, honestly. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, so for those listeners out there, uh, thank you for tuning in. And I do want to again reiterate again the song releases tomorrow, which is September 12th. So if I were you guys, please uh, make sure you tune in. And as well as uh, be sure to follow Adam Stone on everything that he does. Link in the description. If you want to catch those live performances of his, again, you're going to want to follow him on social media and get yourself a free live performance. Before you know what, he starts playing live concerts and you got to pay for it. <laughs> so enjoy <Yeah. laughs> it now. Enjoy it now while uh, you still have the chance. Um, again, uh, follow him on all his social media because he, he, I'm sure he does live for even Facebook. So if I were you guys, mm-hmm. uh, again, link in the description. As for our sponsors too, thanks to EBXYA for sponsoring this video. Please, or episode, sorry. <laughs> um, please go in the link in the description. That's going to be there too, as well as uh, BMMB, um, which is Byron, who created the animatic for this show. Uh, so thank you so much, uh, Byron. And uh, you know what? We talked about some fun stuff. 
Uh, I enjoyed getting into the behind the scenes, essentially, to your song Bright and your your song um, More Than Friends, as well as Stay For Me, this new exciting single that's releasing. Um, getting that insight is fantastic. And even the insight of uh, what it is to be an artist and kind of be a little bit above the talent when it comes to college and making those decisions mm-hmm. is definitely uh, was amazing to hear and learn so uh thank you listeners uh for listening out there and be sure to follow us as well okay we're on itunes spotify youtube and soundcloud so give us a follow give us a comment um and yeah follow us on our social media as well link in the description just the same but thank you for all listening we love you Bye.